Is there a difference between being solitary and being alone? And can we be grateful for being alone? It's tough. Being by yourself is not the best thing sometimes. And it may be even tougher to feel grateful for it. We'll investigate it next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. If I hear one more person in Northeast Ohio say, we need rain, boy, we could sure use some, I'm going to scream bloody murder because it just seems like we've had nothing but storms over the past week and a half, off and on. It's craziness. Welcome back once again, my friends, to this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. Matthew is my name and it is my intent to hopefully construct a podcast episode each and every week. I mainly get there. Sometimes I don't. Nonetheless, it's my intent to hopefully find ways in my own world where I can be more grateful for the things that I have and be grateful for the things around me. Some of those things I can intimately see. And as I've discovered over the short time period of this podcast, there are some things that make their presence known that maybe initially I wasn't able to recognize. Therefore, I have not been able to be grateful for them. And gratitude can be tough. It can be tough because I do believe that it's really our sole source for finally discovering who we are. If we can find the things that are already around us, that we can be grateful for those things. And so that is the intent of this podcast. And hopefully if you download and listen to the various episodes, perhaps you'll discover and find some other ways in your life where you can be grateful for the things around you. I'd be grateful for a little bit of sunshine right now because here in Northeast Ohio, as I mentioned, it seems like the little warning bell on my phone has been going off almost constantly, like announcing that there's a severe thunderstorm watch. And if you know anything about me, especially as I mentioned in the early episodes of this podcast, I work in the basement and I am dependent on electricity for doing my job and for recording this podcast. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the our place on the grid here in gorgeous Akron, Ohio. But we seem to experience more power outages than normal. And so when the power is down, of course, the clientele who I work with in other parts of the country and other parts of the globe, they sort of get upset. They're like, well, hey, you can't send me that piece of audio or you can't send me that piece of video. You know, you're right. And normally in order to send something, you need access to the Internet. And since I don't have electricity, that's problematic. And so we've just been experiencing a lot of storms lately. And the great thing, though, is that we haven't been losing power. So fingers crossed, that's me knocking on wood, the wood desk in front of me, that that will continue. Hopefully things are good in your world. Now, if you're out west with some of the acquaintances that I have, they are really suffering through it. I mean, it's just been unbelievably hot. And while we get little streaks of heat and certainly humidity, normally I would have to say that the summers here in Northeast Ohio are, for the most part, really, really good. 
And that is why I've been so uh, lately because of all of the storm activity. Nothing tornadic necessarily, but enough to want to stay away from windows when one of these storms blows through. I saw a post the other day about what would be, you know, the 10 movies that whenever they're on, you always watch them. And it doesn't really matter when and where or what, at what point you're, the movie starts to play. Like if it's in the middle, it doesn't matter. You're just going to start watching it because it's one of those 10 movies that you always watch. And people comprise these lists. I think it's kind of fun. I would have to say that one of the movies on that list would probably be Jerry Maguire. And the reason why I really enjoy Jerry Maguire, one, is because I think it's a good film. Yeah, it's probably a little mildly unbelievable, but it has Cameron Crowe at the helm. And Cameron Crowe is one of my favorite directors because he directed one of my favorite films, which is Almost Famous, which is another one of those 10 movies that regardless, whenever it pops up, I always have to watch it. There was a scene in Jerry Maguire where it's obvious to people watching the movie that Jerry Maguire has a problem being alone. Like his sense of aloneness is just not something that feels comfortable for him. And Dorothy Boyd, you know, his future love to be, but at that time, probably just his accountant who goes off and leaves her job at the talent agency to join him in his quest to you know, start his own business, his own agency. She says to him, you know, you need to be alone, alone, alone. Well, we know that Jerry Maguire hates being alone. It's just not his thing. And I do believe that there are those people who simply crave attention from other people and the presence of other people so much that they simply feel uncomfortable with it. But I believe innately that we all have this tendency to, at some point in time, want to be by ourselves. And I think, though, that craving some kind of solitude is different than feeling alone. I think that this sense of aloneness has been very apparent in my world. And to a certain extent, even though Donna may not admit it, apparent in our world. And it's a byproduct, I think, of, of course, this Alzheimer's diagnosis. But for me, and I can't, I don't want to speak for her. I mean, she can do that on her own podcast should she ever decide to start one. And I think it would be brilliant for her to do that because she has 17,000 life experiences that I don't have. I do think that this aloneness is something that I've been forced to really confront head on. I mean, just staring me blank in the face, like sitting meditation, staring at a wall. There's nothing in front of you except you. You know, that wall kind of representing the core of you. And there is nothing quite like facing yourself. It's, it is harrowing. It is mind-blowing. It is revealing. It's scary. It's enlightening. It's good. It's all of those things. But 
that's maybe not what I'm referring to. I'm really referring to this thing where in the course of, in the journey of dealing with this disease and being a caregiver, there does seem to be an almost overwhelming sense of aloneness. And I'm wondering if in some way, shape, or form, is there a way to find gratitude in facing this aloneness? And I was telling Donna the other day that I'd been seeing a therapist off and on, and I think I made mention of this in another podcast or two. And one of the things that we addressed, we finally had our first sit-down, our first face-to-face meeting, is this almost overwhelming sense of feeling alone, alone in the battle, alone because my mate maybe is not what she once was. And I've shared all these things with Donna too. And whether or not she actually felt a sense of empathy about it, I'm not sure. Again, I can't speak for her, but I got the sense that maybe she didn't totally comprehend what I was addressing because in lots of ways, I don't know that I completely understand what I was addressing. So my talk with the therapist was trying to find the difference between wanting time and needing time to be by yourself and the act of feeling alone. Can one feel blissfully alone in one's solitude? Or is that different from feeling as if you do not have anybody who completely understands where you are at in your particular place. And one of the things that I've discovered about therapy is that if you're looking for a sort of magic solution, it simply isn't going to happen. This is not a two-hour movie, and, you know, an hour and a half in, that movie, all of a sudden, the therapist brings up some magical thing or puts some magical connection together, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a sense of enlightenment. Why didn't I think of that before? Thank you. And you hug it out, and life ends miraculously wonderful. And that just isn't really the case. In fact, throughout most of these conversations, I sometimes wonder whether or not I will ever hear anything remarkable, whether or not I will hear anything that's going to set me on the course so that I am almost perpetually feeling better about where I'm at in my life, where I'm at in the journey, where we are at in our quest to find some semblance of meaning in this thing that really, in some ways, has kind of turned our lives upside down and forced me to sense that not only do I feel solitary in terms of trying to manage it, but I feel almost an inescapable, dark, deep sense of aloneness. Is there anything within that aloneness to be grateful for? In the past, I've likened this journey to essentially standing on a street corner. 
waiting across the street, a busy street. Traffic is flying in all directions back and forth. You're attempting to move your foot off the curb, but you know that you're going to take your life into your hands if you do that because the traffic is just simply too intense. It's flying by you in both directions, almost kind of a blur. And you are stationary. You are immobile. Everything in life is flying past you in all directions, and you're simply just waiting for it to die down so that you can finally execute movement of some sort. And sometimes I believe that this sense of aloneness is very much like that. Almost as if the whole world is doing their thing and you are ensconced in your little corner waiting it all out, waiting for something to occur, waiting for something to change, waiting for someone to give you some words of wisdom, waiting for a pearl to be cast in your direction so that you can all of a sudden gain instant satori and and your mind is open and you're awakened. And yes, that's what I should have been doing all along. I know inherently that it simply doesn't happen like that. And I am wondering whether or not this is an opportunity. Now, I say this in real time on this, the first day of July in 2021. I say this in real time almost as a way to self-medicate, to self-therapy myself. And I can't say that I have come to this conclusion in many cases at many times throughout this process. It's been a debilitating process to manage everything that I'm asked to manage. And then at the same time, to not only just manage a partner, but to watch the decline occur. And I told her, and she agrees with me, if the roles were reversed, I think she would feel in many ways the same as I feel. But it doesn't matter in the end. There's no real importance to recognizing that because it isn't the reality of my situation. The roles are not reversed. This is what I'm confronted with. And within that sense of aloneness, I wonder if it isn't an opportunity for gratitude. I know that sounds odd and it sounds strange, but sometimes in the thick of despair, in the thick of depression, in the thick of anxiety, and feeling as though you are simply not able to handle the things around you, is that an opportunity to help someone else who may have it worse than you? Or even if you can't help, is it an opportunity to recognize that Others may have equal or even worse situations and thereby giving you an opportunity to momentarily lift yourself out of your own. I would say that the situation in Surfside, Florida might be the perfect opportunity to recognize that. People who were nonchalantly going about their business and all of a sudden they're trapped under tons and tons of rubble, if they're still alive. 
I watched the video of this the other day, and I have an almost breathtakingly enormous fear of being trapped, of being unable to move, of being unable to breathe. The thought of being buried alive or having something on top of me that's immobile and I can't move it. it it's almost like my mind turns inside out when I try to envision it or try to think about it. And there are a hundred people like that right now as I speak. Hopefully, there might be a few who may be alive. I think to myself, in the midst of my turmoil, can I recognize at least the bare minimum that others have it worse off than me and that my situation is bearable? And can I be grateful for that? Is that an opportunity to find gratitude? Now, that's tough. And I prefaced this whole conversation with the fact that I sometimes find gratitude very challenging. As I'm sure that you do as well, trying to find the good amongst the bad or simply trying to find the good when you simply can't see it as immediately discoverable evidence. So walking out of my therapist's office, running through the rain, dodging what looked to me like lightning bolts kind of flashing around me and finally running to the car, before I started the engine, I thought to myself, is it possible for me to momentarily release this feeling of aloneness, abandonment, that I am the only one dealing with this, that everybody else is moving forward with their life, and I'm standing on the corner watching the traffic go in both directions without any option? Is it possible for me to let go momentarily from time to time so that I can look around and not only just recognize others who may be going through even worse or maybe even more challenging things, by being able to recognize that, being grateful for the good things that I do have, being grateful for the moments, even if they're in real time, even if they have now no or sometimes very limited relevance to things that occurred in the past and seemingly little relevance to things that may occur in the future, that I'm just merely living in the present moment right now, face-to-face with my thing, with our thing, and finding within that some room to show gratitude for the fact that I am still able to, if called upon, assist somebody else in their time of need. I know that sounds Jerry Maguire-ish. I know that sounds like maybe like a Hollywood script. But is this something, while we're feeling our sense of aloneness, 
not solitude, but aloneness. Like I am the only one experiencing this. That this can alleviate us from having to only think about ourselves and maybe focus on somebody else. Not just thinking about them, but maybe doing something about it. I was telling my therapist that this sense of aloneness makes me feel guilty because it does challenge you not to completely focus inward all the time. And this constantly focusing on yourself is really, well, it's really sort of selfish. And while we need to do self-analysis all the time and to reanalyze the things we do and why we do them and to make sure we're making the right choices and, and executing proper thinking and proper action, it does mean that we focus on ourselves a whole lot. So this act of challenging ourselves to not just focus on ourselves can be very difficult and it can be very challenging. And it makes me feel kind of guilty that I am wallowing in my aloneness. Donna had gone to her art retreat the Sunday before last, and it was for five days. And I had visited my parents, and I went down the street to a coffee shop that I really enjoy going to because I really enjoy the coffee. And it was a terrifically sunny day. It was warm, but it was very, very windy. And I went into the coffee shop, and I got some coffee, and I bought a gluten-free cookie. And I walked outside to sit outside, and I just wanted to watch the traffic go by. And the wind was blowing the coffee cup over, and the wind was actually blew the gluten-free cookie onto the ground after I'd eaten half of it, which is probably a good thing. I mean... I didn't need the cookie, really, you know, and I thought, you know, if I could just eat half of this and then all of a sudden this wind burst just kind of flew in and there it was right on the ground. And so I wasn't having a particularly enjoyable time. I wanted a relaxing time, but I wasn't relaxing because I was worried about her and she had just arrived where she needed to be. And I was monitoring her on the Life360 app and I was kind of setting myself up for five days of solitude, but the five days of solitude would be full of five days of anxiety. Outside of all the regular work stuff that I was doing, I was also preparing myself to worry and have anxiety from a distance about her to make sure that she was where she needed to be and she wasn't going to wander off and she was going to take all of her pills and she was going to do all the things that were necessary while she was away and just worrying about her care. And I was sitting, waiting and watching to see if she would text me. And the wind was blowing the cookie on the ground. And this car pulled in and out walked a woman. And she was relatively about the same age as I. And she was walking towards where I was sitting outside. And she said, this is really a beautiful day. And I said, as I was 
grassing my coffee cup so it wouldn't blow over. I said, a little windy, but it's very nice. Yeah, it's a great day. Oh, we should be so thankful for these days, a day like this. And then she went inside, and I thought about that. And it couldn't have come at a better time. It's like I was standing on the curb waiting to cross on the busy street, and the light all of a sudden turned red, and I was able to go. It was like that little momentary glimpse that somebody whom I didn't know reminded me that even amongst all of the anxiety, even amongst the aloneness that I felt, like I was all by myself, nobody could completely understand what I was going through. Plus, this delicious gluten-free cookie that I had purchased at a fairly sizable price had now blown onto the ground. I needed to be grateful for that particular time of day. At that particular time, at 3.40 in the afternoon, on a Sunday, on a brilliantly sunny, windy day, that I needed to be grateful for that particular time to live in the moment. And that was the moment. For that little moment, I was very grateful. And driving home, I thought about how appropriate that was for the day and how much I needed it. So I was telling my therapist, sometimes I just need a momentary breath of relief from not only just the stress and the anxiety of the situation, but the stress and the anxiety that I probably cause myself and invariably cause us. Because I know that Donna can feed off of my anxiety. I mean, this happens with canines. They can sense it. And I know that she senses it too in a much more vibrant way. And so I need to be aware of that. While I'm doing all this focusing on myself and turning inward, I need to be more aware of that. So for that little moment at Tremont Coffee, I was very grateful for that person. And then she came out and, and kind of smiled and said, have a nice day. And that made it all worth it. That made the day worth it. So for Jerry Maguire, yes, aloneness is not very good. And the sense of having solitude while good has been for me far different than the feeling of being alone. While there can be great things to being alone, the aloneness that I'm experiencing, I find hardly anything positive in that. It's up to me and it's up to all of us, even in those deep, dark depths of aloneness, to find a way to still be mindful of the plight of others and, best case scenario, to actually do something about it. Until then, I'm going to try my best 
to mow my lawn between bouts of thunderstorms. And of course, I'll know here in the next week about whether I've torn an ACL or an MCL or whatever's going on with my <laughs> my left knee. And that will hopefully get rectified or at least have some information in order to rectify it. Until then, here's hoping that you have received the vaccine. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? I just don't understand the logic behind not doing it. If not, you're impeding the rest of us, okay? You're getting in the way of progress. Get that needle in your arm and let's be done with it so we continue to move on and have some semblance of restoration towards the life that we once knew before COVID. And as always, I thank you for downloading and listening to another episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast.